stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. So, Dan, you ever watch a uh, ladder match to determine the custody of a child? No, but I've only heard about them. Have you ever seen one? Uh, last night, I actually decided to watch a uh, 26-minute clip, actually, of the fight between uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio over uh, Dominic Ray's kid. Uh, didn't didn't miss. Didn't disappoint whatsoever. Not I don't lie. think we could miss. Uh, I, think, I think we've uncovered a new way for the legal system to be handled. Just ladder matches for everything. Exactly. Like, I think this is the best way to solve our problems, solve our any issues you have. Just get in the ring. Fucking ladder match. It was, I, yeah, I can't explain it. Um, if you want to know how bad the Yankees are, we're talking about ladder matches. For we custom. are. Uh, things are bad. Things are terrible. Pretty ladder sad. Ladder matches, more exciting than being 4-0 one hit by the Seattle Mariners when you're trying to sweep a series and get some momentum going. I thought DJ was going to ask Kendall Graveman into the ladder match as well. God. I, what was he mad about? Because he got grazed by a pit. Like, it wasn't even, he wasn't even, like, hit, hit. Hit like a button. Listen, you, you just need some energy. You got to get mad at somebody. Like, I if guess. you want Carlos to be the child, you got to challenge him to a ladder match. If you want to get some energy going, you got to challenge a pitcher. You got to challenge somebody. <laughs> he was ready to fight him for the custody of that baseball. God, they put the they put the paper they put the uh, spider attack in the case. This is my diamond. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, that, that would be awesome. This is, should be a sequel to base to basketball. Just wrestling. Yeah, like anytime. Level. Yeah, anytime you got to settle a you know some beef with a pitcher. Uh, yeah, shout out that one American Dad episode we watched where Steve changed baseball because that's essentially what happened. Oh, yeah, we did kind of just copy. I did just copy American Dad. Um, <laughs> you made it exciting. Um, yeah, no, things are not great. Um, and we're sad. We're sad. We're hovering around 500. Like, it's not the worst season we've ever seen. It's just very disappointing. Like, I, the counterpoint I keep hearing is just, like, we've had it too good. We've never seen an actual losing season. We've only had, like, mediocre ones. And, like, they sting just because I guess we're used to winning so much. So we, we do technically have it good. But... These uh, next few series we have smushed between the, the All-Star break probably yeah. will break everything. This is going to be the bane knee into our broken back of yeah. baseball. It's, uh, it's not looking good. It's not what you want, as uh, Joe Girardi would say. Um, I am wearing my Astrodome t-shirt to try to reverse mush this thing in our favor. I've got that going for us, which is nice because... Uh, our plan starter for today, this Friday, July 9th, um, has a middle finger contusion from weightlifting. That happened. So, shout out Michael King. Yeah, Kinger uh, missing a start. We got Nasty Nestor instead against the Astros. Three game series against them in Houston, right? In in H-Town. Um, my parents actually have tickets for two games this series. That's pretty so, sweet. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, they'll be there. Hopefully. Yeah. Give them a little bit of luck, give them some support. Um, but yeah, these uh, next two series we have in between the All Star break, like may or may not break the season. Like I know we've been saying, I feel like we've been saying this a lot. It's like okay, this is the one that breaks the camel's back. It's like no, no, no. Like if you show no spine against the Red Sox, who we have after the break, which we haven't all season, obviously we, we're winless against them. 
or even just the Astros going into the break. Like if you take at least two out of three here in Houston, that'll give me like a little bit of confidence, a little bit of juice right before we, uh, you know, the guys go off to Colorado and whatnot. This is essentially going to determine if we're going to be buyers or sellers. And I don't even think we're going to be like hard sellers, honestly. So no, just light pieces here and there, but I think it's either buy in or just hang neutral. Yeah. Our buddy Mike asked this and then like, it's been, uh, it's been talked about before, uh, People on Twitter want to keep talking about, like, would we sell Judge? Um, I don't think they'll do that nuclear option where they're just like, okay, we can maximize the return for him. We'll just call quits. Uh, I know that's a popular topic of conversation just because you could definitely maximize return. Teams are not giving up the prospect capital they used to because there's been so much limited data on these prospects uh, with the missing year from COVID, obviously, uh, that I've been seeing that returns would not be as great as you would hope they would be. Obviously, he's having a monster season, like, back-end MVP conversation, all-star, you know, couldn't ask for much more from Judge. Maybe just be a little more clutch. But anyways. Yeah. Um, doesn't have that clutch gene. No, he doesn't. Um, He's not that guy. Um, yeah, I don't think they'll do it. Um, I know the Cubs are about to blow up what they have, and, like, our windows have been pretty similar. They won in 2016, and then we were near upstarts in 2017. So, like, the windows for the two teams, like, it's a lot of – there's a lot of similarities there. And they might go hard sell now because they just want an 11 game losing streak. Um, Not what you want. No. Yeah. As owners of what? I think we had like eight games there in a row or something like that. Like we're, so we're right in the same boat. I don't think we'll be hard, hard sellers where we're just giving up every every piece possible. What I do think would happen, like, let's say we do lose these next two series. We move guys on contracts where we can eat at least a little bit of money and get like a decent return and a decent uh, haul in return. I was thinking Chapman. I know his value is kind of low right now because he's had ups and downs, but I still feel like someone will probably be like, we need a relieving piece. We need a reliever, just a back end piece. So. Yeah. Chapman is definitely, I think the first guy on everyone's radar that's going to get out of here. Um, I think everyone's tired of him too. Just. Yeah. Especially with the playoff stuff. I think that's going pretty poorly. I mean, you saw the joke recently where someone said, we're not asking you to storm Normandy beach. We're just asking you to get three guys out. Yeah. Shout out to actually, I actually know the guy. He's uh one of my, like my buddy, Nick from college. Actually, that's one of his friends. I'm not going to like, no joke, no joke. So shout out to that. <laughs> awesome tweet. Fantastic tweet. Um, but yeah, I think a world, this might be one of the first guys to go. Um, I know if- who has negative value, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I don't think they would ever move Glaber, but maybe. But. I think they'll give him benefit of the doubt. It feels like this is a Gary Gary uh, situation. They let Gary figure it out and tweak his swing. I saw somewhere online someone noticed that Glaber's leg kick was starting a little bit sooner than it had been in mm-hmm. recent weeks. So I think he is starting to try to mess around at least with his delivery towards the pitch. So yeah, exactly that, that happens. Pinstripe Alley had a great article about that too. It was just like, this is the little things that they had that both of them have to fix because they both have very pronounced leg kicks when they get into their stance. Um, yeah. So maybe that's just something they have to adjust. Uh, so f- hopefully he's working on that. I, I don't know. I'm optimistic that he probably will at some point, maybe get some new voices in the room. I know people are fed up with Marcus Timms and just the whole hitting philosophy that we have. Uh, we're not going to, divulge on that one because we've talked like everyone's talked about it at length yeah i just think we're too deep into the season now where anyone's going to get fired 
unless yeah. something happens at the all-star break that is fairly unexpected and this astro series just goes immediately into the shitter yeah um, I, I like we had joked about it like you would have to just fully like lane kiffin willie randolph uh boone at yeah. this point if the astro series just is a sweep and not like a close sweep i mean like just demoralizing you just didn't like actually yeah. either way i feel like if you just get swept like maybe they'll do that but i doubt it but like see i don't uh, even think it happens because the Astros Stadium, Minute Maid Park, is very well set up for righties to hit with power because of the Crawford boxes, which everyone conveniently forgets is just 314 down the line to left. It's just a little bit higher. It, it really is. Like, I don't know. Like, we forget. Like, it, that place is a band box. And our guys usually do hit there pretty well. Like, not going to yeah. lie. So this is a series where they could actually crank out some power and show what they got going into the All-Star break. And if they could somehow string together – Two out of three. Even a sweep, which I'm kind of hoping for. Um, Who do we got this weekend? We got Nestor, of course. Let me take a look. I think Cole probably pitches as well on Saturday, I think. Um, yeah. Let me check the Even that's a question mark at this point. Well, yeah. That will, Cole in return to Houston is going to be uh, interesting, like just to say the least. Go send him off to go find himself during the All Star break instead of sending him to Colorado. Yeah, uh, I just have something to say about that. Like people writing him off. Uh, let's let's not. I know the sticky stuff. Probably was helping. He pitches tomorrow again. He pitches uh, Saturday against Granky. Okay. Um, I get the sticky stuff. Definitely was helping him out. Like I feel like that's it helped conclusive. everyone out. Yeah, it's conclusive at this point. Fine, whatever. People writing him off just because he's going through a pretty bad stretch. I'm like, yes, it is pretty brutal, but it's not like backbreakingly terrible. He has to adjust. Huh. The great ones adjust. It'll, he'll do it properly. Our thing was we took a look into it. Like I took a look into the decided you're digging for some data as per usual. Uh, All right, Francesa. Yeah, took a look into the numbers. Uh, no, I did. Um, obviously, in more recent years, uh, pitching in general has moved away from the two seamer because uh, hitters launching like the rise of yeah. launching for the most part has kind of eliminated the need to, you know, bury a pitch in the dirt or, you know, induce ground ball contact. We're giving up a grand slam yesterday on a low inside fastball. Yeah, exactly. Like you have out to a reliever, no less a former Yankee reliever, by the way. <laughs> Good for us. Yeah. Most if offense you, we had yesterday. Yeah, truly. Um, also like, we did not look good yesterday, of course, but the other two games actually did look very good. So I will take those. We take those positive ways at least. I not- want to make an addendum to our loss yesterday, our one hit loss, is that Monty had a quality start. He did. Again, he wasn't like on point, but I don't know. I feel like he's having a decent enough season. Oh God! And then Sunday we have JMO versus uh, Framber Valdez. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna. We <laughs> should maybe take. I like. I don't know. Uh, if we get lucky, we'll get two. If we're lucky, Nestor just kind of does the funky thing and, like, you know, we just will win tonight. And then maybe Cole just gives a nice FU start in Houston. And then, yeah, maybe because JMO did look good last time out against the Mets, was it? Or Mets, right? I don't know. Seattle. Seattle. He pitched the first game in Seattle. He looked good against Seattle. Um, So maybe he'll be able to write the ship there. We'll see. Anyways. Oh, we have no Sunday night game this week because of Ulster. That sucks. Um, actually, not really. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So, I think he'll adjust. Um, he's moved away from the two seamer since 2015. Uh, as another thing that JMO's been doing well as well. The Pirates were like very sinker reliant. Um, when they were going through like their best uh, uh seasons in like the middle of the 2010s. 
Um, so I don't know, maybe just go back to the two seamer. I don't like, I feel like incorporating that bearing the pitch down, you have the velocity now, like the spin won't be there, which is like something that you probably do want from a two seamer, but I don't know, like anything, try something. If he gets more side to side movement rather than down and away movement on the two seamer, I think that'd be a little more beneficial kind of, kind of a slider look, but with more fastball velocity, but yeah, see how we can make any adjustments. Yeah, I mean, like, we're bringing Garrett Cole back to Houston where he had his resurgence. So maybe this is his rebirth. Maybe. maybe. This is what he needed. This is his origin story. Um, Yeah. Hopefully he figures it out. I think he will. I'm optimistic on that. People writing him off like, oh, God, this is the worst 340, $46 million investment ever or whatever. It's like, all right. You know what? Calm down. He'll figure it out. He likes to tinker. He's not Bauer where he's in the lab and stuff like that. Is that actually bad? Should we cut that? <laughs> Can I censor that? No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, no, we can't. Thanks, Ray Chalupa. <laughs> hey, replies are turned off. She won't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. Haunted pitchers who are not currently on the restricted list. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, there's there's reasons for optimism going into the All-Star break, but obviously there are reasons for hesitancy, and that's because the Yankees are who the Yankees have been this year, and they've been a very mercurial team. And We're hovering around 500. Like We're yeah. a couple games above it. We haven't dipped below it since that whole April swoon, which was pretty bad. Um, so that's... Yeah. Good, definitely good. Treading water though, like a yeah. run differential isn't great. The offense looks lost at times. Anytime you think they're about to snap out of it, and like hopefully we yeah. keep saying that the like you know we just hit pretty well against the um, the last game against the Mets, and then these past like two out of three games against Seattle, the offense looked like they were awake. Yesterday was yeah poor effort, whatever. Wipe the slate and just bounce back. That's all we're asking. Like it's so yeah. crazy. They're just stuck in their own heads. But, of course, with mediocrity brings contempt, and that leads us to what do you think could happen with the big two head honchos of the franchise? The two hombres, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. I'm currently of the mindset that if anything happens, I'm 90% sure nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I would likewise. be leaning towards 100%. Um, but if something did happen, it would be Brian Cashman to a different front office presidential type of role out of the baseball moves and Aaron Boone moving towards a hotter seat than he's currently on. If he's even on one. I could see that. Um, that feels like the middle of the road option, honestly, like if anything, like the end that nobody wants at this point, I feel like is both of them to return. Or just yeah. one of them to return at this point. I feel like that's both like, and it feels like that's probably the likeliest option. How Steinbrenner gave them a vote of confidence, which fine, I guess. You know, they had before the season. What? Sorry. No, he did it at his press conference to announce the purchase of another yacht. Sadly, no. Yeah. For anyone asking about like why a yacht, um, it's just a running gag on Yankee Twitter. Like, just. Did he at one point actually put money towards a yacht or something like that? Like he bought, like he put it in sizable investment towards a yacht, and people were like, yeah, "But sure you had, 
I think it was the Patrick Corbin offseason, like the Patrick Corbin Harper Machado offseason. Like he put money to that, and people were like, You had money for that, but not to spend on one of these two or three free agents. Yeah. Why? Players who hit with runners in scoring position. Exactly. Uh, but we digress. Um, yes, no, I think they're coming back. Um, because prior to the season and then 2020, I I do and I don't want to count 2020 just because like again, it was just kind of weird. So hopefully that's just we can write that off if you want to, if you don't, I get it. But for three out of the past, you know, five seasons, they or four seasons, really, they've been a 100, like a 95 to 101 team for the most part. 2017, obviously under a different manager, but 2018, 2019 Boone led these guys and they look pretty good. 2019, he did a phenomenal job. The pitching just collapsed again. Like Paxson gave us a great start in the, that ALCS, but yeah, Pitching, lack of pitching just did a sin. I generally think Boone did his best job, best work in that series. Maybe it's his peak. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. We, we, we won't know until we'll see what happens. Um, oh, we might get Martinez. He might hop in. Ooh, little special guest. Might get a call. Might get a call. Yeah, we're going to send him the link real quick. All right. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to send him the link. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, 2017 and 2019, obviously pretty pronouncedly great years in terms of like if you're if you're an average baseball fan you're like your team went game six game seven alcs like you you take that every year like generational years for your team and their stains on the resume because of how they ended and i can't tell if it's because of how it was handled or because of that's how this franchise is run you know with the expectation of the championship but it just feels like despite all these unwavering successes that we've had, that people are clamoring for a change in direction. Yeah. It just, I get the point for keeping both. It's just like, okay, they have had success in these past few years. It's just like, can they get us over the hump in Boone's case, at least like, can he be the one to get us over the hump? I think it's, if you want to assume the Astros were cheating still in 2019, a lot of people still do fine. I, I'm not here to over speculate on that. Cause that's been, you know, beaten to death. Um, if you want to write that season off as just like, okay, we lost the Astros who clearly cheated. Like fine. Like maybe Boone could have gotten us over the hump and got us at least into the world series, you know, just a little bit of, uh, you know, yeah. a little bit of something. Um, if you think he just got outmanaged, then it's just like, okay, maybe you do want a clean slate. Cause he, he looked like, He's looked lost against Alex Cora and Kevin Cash now in two straight ALD, like not two straight, or two out of the three postseasons yeah. he's been in. So that's the point I see for getting rid of Boone. And like maybe he's too relaxed. He wants someone who's a little bit more, you know, tense or serious the way Girardi was. I think that's swinging the pendulum too hard in the other direction. Um, I don't think that's the right idea. If you're still complaining about letting Joe Girardi go in 2017, like, like, now <laughs> please sorry. yeah reshuffle please your programs come on like i oh, get sorry. it i mean you and i had our one like honeypot target and that was don mattingly and he's off the table now because his option was picked up for 2022 rightfully so because the marlins rightfully. are like a yeah so. the marlins are a sneaky good like upstart i don't know their run differential run differential is really great this year it's the best in the nl east and like that division's a mess just because like yeah that nl east 
uh, just a garbage heap of I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Honestly, they can make a sneak run, and it would not shock me. I'd be like, okay, like whatever. Like they made the postseason last year again, COVID, but like they weren't terrible last year, and like they might keep Martino because they he wants to stay in Miami, and I think Kimming might like actually make a nice move, like Jeter might open up the the wall and just be like, here, keep him. Yeah. Which good for Jeets. He's. Yeah. He's doing a good job. For as much as we ridiculed him for selling all these players, he's he's done a great job of he rebuilding on the fly. Kind of figured it out, which never expected. Not really. Their pitching's been great this year too, dude. I think they have three starters with ERAs under two, with like under like two and a half. Shit. <laughs> Listen. And they got the rat space program. The rat space. We're not <laughs> ladder matches in the rat space. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Um, welcome welcome to-, to our inside jokes where we see Instagram videos of people sending rats into space. Yeah, that Starling, what are you doing? I don't think he can get traded just because of that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, yeah, no, Madeline was my dream, uh, higher, especially after that rant he had against the Braves. <laughs> yeah. He said, I do not give a f-. like he got tossed and just looked them ump right in the eye. I think he's the perfect blend of like his guys play hard for him. He's a clubhouse guy, keeps it loose, but he also And is the Cinderella get his ring as a Yankee story. Yeah, that's the nice thing I would have liked. Um about but it's all that. not it's not happening. Not anytime soon. They picked up his mutual option. We'll see if they negotiate a longer term deal. Yeah. Maybe something uh-huh. happens where, you know, they you know something else happens like they next season goes bad or they also want like someone who can get them over the hump and they're just like not done so we'll see um but you and i both in agreement everything is status quo for the time being yeah this team just absolutely implodes we're bottom of the barrel like the barrel the bottom of the barrel is the ceiling for us at the end of the season everything is the staying the same yeah i think so um my argument, for, my argument for like getting rid of cash, like I know people have been like kind of mixed about that one. Um, I think Yankee Twitter has been more about that. And then I've seen some people being like, well, he's done like this great of a job. He got you all these guys. Like, I know you want him to use like the Dodger model of building both inside the organization and getting those bigger pieces a la someone not Trevor Bauer, but like Trevor Bauer. Yeah, it's – it's weird because I don't know because like I know the in vogue model now is to copy the Rays and like apply it to a big like a to a bigger market team right like you find these reclamation pieces these cheap guys that nobody wants and like yeah develop them and then get like a star or two around them like you know like the Dodgers like they shell out big money for you know Bauer and then I get Kershaw before that too and then they gave Mookie a you know very sizable extension they might even decide to extend Seager as well. Um, so they found a nice balance between that. And obviously it paid off with a ring, of course. Um, and a lot of other teams have tried to copy that model too. I mean, look at the Cubs. They tried their best. They gave money to Hayward, which wasn't the greatest deal, of course, but they paid for him. They paid for Lester. Um, and then they won a ring as well. Um, that's just the in vogue model as of now. I like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the behind the scenes of how things work. I don't know. Like I does. Cashman Strike is the type of guy that can do both. Can he thread the needle? Like he was getting there, you know, yeah. he got Geo, he got Voight. Hicks was a reclamation project who turned out to be pretty solid. Um, 
Honestly, that's his bread and butter right there is the reclamation he, stuff. And he knows how he knows how to find those and he knows how to find them in hitters is the deal. Yeah. He gets those and he'll get you a white whale once every like five or six years. Like aside from Cole, what are we talking about? We're talking about the 08 off season where Oh, CC, AJ, Tex, yeah. yeah. And then like two out of three of those were kind of bad, but Yeah. You got yeah. you did the one year, like you it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, you got the ring. I mean, yeah. He's tried, of course. Like he's definitely got us like pitching. None yeah. of them have panned out. So I can't be like, okay. It's just I before we can write it off to like Larry Rothschild or like whatever the pitching philosophy was, and like now Matt Blake is doing like a decent job, I'm not gonna lie. Like I think he's doing yeah. solid. Tyone's shown flashes. I think it's also just a ramp up thing with him where he needs to get back yeah. into the zone. Maybe getting a guy like that for a team that's supposed to be win now wasn't the greatest idea. I think that's what we need to look at, but I just, I don't know if he can do both. Cause then other people are also like, look at the farm system. It's not that great. Like we're ranked constantly like in the middle teens or twenties for the most part, the farm is actually having a decent year this year though. None of these guys are like super elite prospects, like on the way up. And the other question people keep asking is like, where's your Tatis? Like, where is your Vlad? Where is your, that? it's supposed to be Glaber. Of course he's having yeah. a rough year. So I don't think you could, I don't think it's fair to just be like, Oh, we can just write that off. Like, you know um, like we don't have like a young star. I think we do. He just needs to get back to being that guy. Um, in terms of like other exciting pieces around him, like other younger pieces, a lot of them just haven't panned out. Like, you know, Clint's had up and down so far. Like, you know, we thought he was going to be the guy. There is a 1,000% chance Cashman has a clock somewhere in his office that says time till Jason gets to the major leagues. Oh. And it's just counting down. We're getting closer. <laughs> that man got invited to the Futures game without only playing one, one professional game. Yeah. So that's impressive. Um, the hype around him is real. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if Cash is that guy to find the delicate balance between restocking a farm system and finding these guys at the ma- at the major league level to do all this. Like I Why don't you just add a guy to the brain trust in the office to balance that out and he could be golden without having to move him. That's your to your idea. I don't hate it where it's like you elevate cash into like a higher position, but also get like a GM from outside yeah. like maybe experience with like the rays of the dodgers or the cubs or whatever like put him in there as as your he's the technical gm like he's that's his title like cashman might get final say but like ta- like cashman's like team president of like operations or something like that and then like you have um you know team president slash new dandy new dandy oh god let's spin you a yard about the tale of dandy uh the yankees had a mascot back in the 80s and it was terrifying like picture the philly fanatic but like 20 times worse with goose gossage's mustache what it was like if ben franklin syphilis came to life oh good lord i mean yeah i go look him up we'll tweet out a picture maybe like that'll be our alarm that like we're, we're releasing the pod um yeah i uh i don't I don't know what to do, man. I mean, I don't have the answers for this. We don't run the team, of course. You know, we're just fans speculating and we want certain things because we want a damn ring and it, we've come so close and it just feels like we're coming up short constantly. And, uh, you know, for the past four years or so, it just feels like it beating us down a bit. Like, I don't... Makes you question if the guy's in charge of the right people to do it. Obviously, Cashman gave us the baby bombers and like the, you know, they've been good. For the most yeah, part. one commercial that kept airing on Yes with Judge playing with blocks on a playmat was pretty sick. Oh yeah, we had them doing Legos. Um, 
But then the other things that come up with Cashman too is just like, okay, inept, ineptitude to find quality pitching. He's tried, you know, I will give him credit. Nate Evaldi was like his first attempt at like a Tyone where it's like, okay, we can get a reclamation project and hopefully he can develop into a nice starter. That didn't work out. Oh, if you really want to go back, you could say Pineda too. But that wasn't a reclamation thing. It was just like, we have a young starter who's supposed to be in here and develop properly, but he got hurt too often. You know who'd been cool? Lance Lynn. Oh yeah, we dropped the ball on that one. Um, yeah, no, and then I was going to go on. Like, Sonny, big whiff. He just couldn't handle it. Fine. Then he got Lance Lynn. Out, you, Sonny just needs to be naked. And then he pitches amazing. <laughs> I can't believe he did. That. That's the type of analysis that Larry Rothschild never gave you. Was funny. <laughs> just take off all of your clothes, run into the clubhouse, and come back. You're not the real Sonny, are you? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, Sonny like, didn't feel comfortable in his own uh, uni Steve. the other day. Yes. Yeah, his own skin. Yeah, he didn't feel comfortable in his own in his uni the other day, um, and decided to just get naked in the clubhouse. And then, did he change his uniform? Did he put it back on? He he picked a different unit, like the same style, obviously, but he yeah. put a different uniform on. Okay, just clean clean clothes. That's it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I guess it might have been a hot one out there. Um. Yeah. No, Sunny didn't work out. He tried there, obviously. Um. And then the next season, you know, he got Hap and he got Lynn for 2018. Uh, and he kept the wrong guy, obviously. Hap gave us great starts down the stretch and Lynn was up and down. And I f- unfairly, ourselves included probably, kind of crucified son- uh, Lance Lynn a little bit on the way out because the way Boone brought him in during that Severino start where Severino, like, yeah. didn't get it going or whatever. And, like, he brought Lynn from, from the bullpen and was like, okay, what are you doing? Like, that's more on Boone than Lance Lynn. Yeah. And Al Anselin is, you know, really good. He, I don't like, I don't know where that came from, but Texas unlocked something in, on, in him and he's kept it up in Chicago. He's a free agent at the end of the year. So maybe they dipped into that again if they feel like it. If they definitely dipping into that well, <laughs> they should. Cause like I, you know, Kluber's been solid when he's been healthy this year, of course. It's just like I would not give you more money like to, you know, keep that health up. You're on the, very yeah. wrong side of 30 and on the wrong side of 35 if we're looking at older pitchers yeah. um when i think we'll be like 34 35 like again same age or whatever i would just rather have him just because his recent track record is obviously a lot better staying healthy and performing well um but yeah and then 2019 and then paxton came and paxton was good he wasn't yeah. terrible he just got injured yeah which uh wasn't great um, he, we couldn't rely on him consistently. He did give us that very gutsy ALCS performance. I think everyone's going to remember him for that, of course. And just he couldn't stay healthy, unfortunately. But, yeah. and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Where are you? Yeah. We need you back badly, buddy. Um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of bad luck, but it also yeah. feels like a little bit of an aptitude to find the right guy. Now he's got Tyone. It's just like, okay, we're trying the reclamation thing again, which, like, fair. It's, it's okay. But, you know, it maybe not the best idea for a win now team. The time to do it was earlier in like 2017 2018 where you were like okay we're like sneaky contenders and now it's like okay no we're back in like world series conversation so yeah not the greatest idea speaking of bad times i think it's time we snake draft our worst seasons of our cognizant lifetimes Oof, yeah so i started watching the yankees back in like 2004 five ish like i do remember the alcs loss to the Sox. um getting bounced by the angels in 05 yeah those mid aughts years were dark times yeah i'm counting 04 as my first yankee like season of where i was cognizant of what was going on because i was at 
game seven of the ALCS. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that. So that's my first season going forward. Cause I can't count anything earlier than that. Cause I just, I was blissfully unaware, which is a time that I wish I could return to. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to do a little bit of a snake draft. Yeah. We're just having fun because the season's a little, little dry stagnant in a bad way. Yeah. A little, little dry. Um, I'll let you leave it off. I was going to do a coin flip. But all right. Uh, how many rounds do you want to do? Um, I know I listed some out here. We have a spreadsheet going of like what seasons we want to talk about. Um, three apiece. I think right. three apiece would be good enough. All right. Um, I'll start it off then. Um, I'm going to go 2013. Like, I think if you don't pick 2013, you're absolutely insane. Um, That season was horrendous outside of one Robinson Cano top five MVP finish. (laughs) Um, Like, you guys have all seen that picture. Mets Twitter loves to rip us for that one. It's like, the Yankees fans will complain about this lineup. It's like, no, that was like a generally bad lineup. Like, no matter what team it is, like, you could put the, you could slap whoever you want on there. That's a bad lineup. It was like, we had Guardy leading off on by like Lance Nixon. Like, it's... No, Jason Nick, sorry. It was a terrible time. Like everyone got hurt that year. Um, yeah, let me see. What did this lineup look like? It, there's a it's just a picture that people like to float on Twitter like a lot. It was yeah, Brett Gardner, Zoilo Almonte, who's now raking in Japan, I'm pretty sure. Robinson Cano post 2007 slash Cleveland baseball team, uh Travis Hafner at DH, Vernon Well, the, the husk of Vernon Wells. In right field, Travis Ishikawa at first base, Luis Cruz at short, Alberto Gonzalez at third, and Austin Roman before he got like kind of decent at catcher. That was our lineup at one point. Like nothing went right. That was the peak decline of like, you know, like uh, of uh, of Jeter. Basically, he missed most of the season. Ichiro played too many games that year. Tex missed most of the season. Curtis Granderson broke his arm. Um a-Rod missed the year because of the biogenesis scandal. He got suspended for the for most of this. Or he was injured and then he got suspended towards the end of the season. So that was great. Uh, yeah, that was really good. I remember we were just fed up with him. Lyle Overbay played way too many games that season. He was probably our second best hitter. Let me see who generated the most amount of war on this team. I, I want to know. I know it's Cano and then followed by God knows who, but like that team was legit horrendous. I can't stress that enough. I they miraculously won 85 games and I will give Joe Girardi. I, I don't like, you know, me. I don't like being credit at all. Um, Cause I do think he underperformed with a lot of these teams, um, but that's probably his best managing job ever. Like, I don't know how the hell like that in 2017, I guess are probably his two best jobs ever. Cause that team should not have won. that team based off of uh, Pythagorean win loss should have been a 79 win team. It's impressive. Yeah, Cano had a 6.6 war, Brett Garner at 4.2, and Hiroki, Hiroki Kuroda was our ace. That's that's where we were at. It's a sign of a champion right there. That team was awful in every which way. Like, Cano and Gardner were the only ones with an OPS over 100. <laughs> OPS plus, sorry. Oh, uh, then we got late season Soriano, too. That actually was that, – that was the only fun part. Oh, hey. What's hey. up, Matt? What's going on? All right. Hey. Buddy Matt just joined us. You're in for the perfect time. We're doing a steak draft of the worst Yankee seasons in our Back lifetime. Man. What was the last one? 20, 2013? Or- I said 20. Uh, yeah, my first pick was 2013 because I was taking a look at like how awful that year was. Like, yeah. I just said, like, the there was only two hitters on that team. Well, three technically, I guess, who got over like an uh, OPS plus over 100. 
and it was uh, Cano, of course, Gardner, and then half a season worth of Soriano. And that's it. Season was awful. All right, Matt, you want to go next? Worst Yankee seasons. Um, In our lifetime, I guess. Like, you know, like we're saying like 04 to now. Yeah. That we can remember. Ones that we would feasibly remember. Yeah. Yeah, there hasn't been too many. I mean, I guess uh, the next one will probably be 14 or 16, right? Probably. Um, You know, take your pick, whichever one you feel like. I mean, yeah, 16 probably wasn't that great until Gary showed up, right? It was pretty awful. Yeah, I'll uh, let me take a look at like how bad this team. Like we were sellers, you know. This that had never happened before. Um, yeah, we had signed a like none of the signings really worked out, or like the guys who we we had signed up until that point were really bad. We had a decent Starlin Castro season. That was the first like pretty solid DD year. Everyone else is pretty. We didn't have a single starter. Oh no, we had two. We had two start again. OPS plus over 100, two guys, Gary, who showed up in the later half of the season, and Beltron, who played in the first half of the season before he flipped them. That's hilarious. What was Gary's OPS plus? It was probably like... Uh, uh, 168 <laughs> in 53 games played. <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah. 2016 was a bad time all around. But it got better because we got some debuts later and these these dudes have helped us out now so you know yeah year wasn't that bad it could be worse all right dan next pick all right i'm picking i guess more sentimental um you picked a lot of roster base picking 2008 oh god the first joe girardi year yeah first joe girardi year first year they missed the playoffs since 93 i think yes you're right and then you know Last year of the stadium, you know, they had the all-star game at Yankee Stadium. So you have all these festivities going on, you know, have this whole movement behind it, like give the stadium one last hurrah, win the World Series one more time for the old stadium, and then just goes down like a fucking sinking ship into the quiet good night of garbage. The Bobby Mercer died. <laughs> just, just a terrible year on the front of all things being Yankees. So, it was uh, so bad. my pick... 2008, purely from a sentimental point of view, um, that really felt like a pretty prototypical, like, boo A-Rod, like, this team sucks, everything's going poorly, and kind of felt like the start of, like, that 2013 vibe you were talking about, like, having all these random guys on your starting roster, on the starting lineup. Oh, God. Having just random people playing for a very important team. You guys forget that Jose Molina was our starting catcher for most of that season. Yeah. People forget that Jose Molina hit the last home run at Old Navy. <laughs> Do you guys remember uh, Cody Ransom, like his September run where he hit like 20 dingers? Yeah. yeah. So 2008, a very wild year in which the Yankees did not make the playoffs for the first time since 93 and let Old Yankee Stadium die into obscurity. <laughs> we did get the 20-win Musina season, though. Yeah, that's the one bright spot, but – doesn't really count if you don't make the playoffs. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. How did Daryl Rasner make 20 starts on that team? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm taking a look at the rotation numbers. Like, you know, like who made the most starts. Pettit oh, and Mo- also traded for Xavier Nady and Pudge Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pudge was a Yankee for a hot minute. 
I had a jersey. That was a good time. God, people were just like, did he get like the wrong A-Rod jersey? It's like, no, no, it's just Pudge. Oh, yeah. People <laughs> had a lot of questions. <laughs> Rodriguez, 12, and they're like, wait a minute. That's not. <laughs> it's the other guy. Um, Dude, I'm looking at the rotation. It's like, okay, Moose, Pettit, Chiming Wong before I got hurt in Houston. And it's like, okay, Daryl Rasner made 20 stars. Sidney Ponson made another 15, if you guys remember Sidney Ponson. <laughs> it's a deep God. cut. Ponson, the, the, Aruba, the Aruba legend. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Ian Kennedy made nine starts. Carl Pavano actually pitched seven games that year. Wow, good for Carl. Yeah. Holy crap, this team was awful in every which way. Um, all right, I'll go next pick. Um, let's see, I'm gonna go, I'll go 2014. Um, that year had a ton of promise, of course. Uh, we made some moves. You know, signed some big name free agents, of course. That was the Tanaka, McCann, Beltron, Ellsbury offseason. Uh, just a huge kick in the dick because we didn't resign Cano and decided to put all that money towards Jacoby Ellsbury for some reason. Funny enough, Jacoby Ellsbury, that's probably his best offensive season as a Yankee. He somehow put up, he posted 111 OPS plus, uh, 16 dingers and 39 stolen bases, and generated the third most war on the team. Yes, the yeah. third most war. Oh, that, that 20. I don't know how, but he managed to do it. Um, yeah, that season was awful. Uh, A-Rod was suspended the entire season. Um, we started Brian Roberts at 91 games at second base before Cashman realized, wait a minute, we need an actual second baseman, not the Husker Brian Roberts. Husk. Derek Jeter, miraculous. That, was that his final season, right? 2014 or 2015? 2014. Yeah, 2014. That was his final season. You bought him second in the order, and the man put up... He slugged a full 313. <laughs> God. We got... Uh, we had Jan Alarte actually, remember? He performed pretty well the first like few months, and then we flipped for uh, Chase Edley. God, season was terrible. It, it just was like... It had a lot more promise, because we actually decided to be the Yankees again and spend money on people, and it was just not great. Uh, the rotation actually wasn't as bad as I remember it was. Uh, Shane Green had a pretty good year. We traded for Brandon McCarthy, too. It was really solid down the stretch, so can't complain too much, but just nothing really broke the right way. And, uh, yeah, a lot of promise for nothing. All right, Matt. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my phone's ringing in the background, so I'd be <laughs> He wasn't prepared. He came in the last minute. So. <laughs> it's the cash man. He's calling you to tell him, tell us to stop. <laughs> Stop! Uh, stop abusing me over, over the podcast way. Um, <laughs> we can't help it. Let me think. Uh, so now we have to start looking at playoff years, right? Because yeah, yeah, um, we've been blessed because we've had a lot of playoff appearances. But doesn't mean that all season. Hmm? We can do this year. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do this year? You can do twenty twenty technically too. Like uh, we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll count that. Uh, that was pretty bad. Maybe at this. It's probably too recent to say. I, maybe I'll think of twenty uh, twelve was the year that Jeter like uh, went down in the middle of the playoffs, right? Yeah, that one was a rough time. Yeah, that wasn't great, and they got swept by the Tigers. Maybe I'll go with that twenty twelve. That wasn't a fun, uh, fun playoff season. Yeah, it was like a decent season for us. They were pretty good, but 
Hawks wasn't uh no agreed like that's probably like the last like of that like 2009 window that was probably the last year where it was like okay like we have a shot like tax cano put up like a near mvp that was the first like or one of the you know that prime like cano years like he put up like an mvp type performance jeter was still really good and obviously he got hurt jeter played 159 games that year wow at the age of 38 yeah he, he hit over 300 right yeah, he hit 316. His OPS plus was 114, too. Like, he was really good that year. Um, A-Rod, when he was healthy that year, performed pretty well, too. Um, Granderson kept doing the, the – hit another 40-something dingers. Uh, that was Swisher's last year before free agency. He did pretty well, too. Yeah, no, we had, we had some guys on that team, honestly. Like, they performed, like, well. Raul Abania somehow and played most of our games in left field, though. So that was kind of weird. And then Eric Chavez – is it the year before that he went off in the playoffs? No, that was that year. That that 2012 year was was 2012. Well, yeah, yeah, and that that was the game that I was there for. Eric Chavez also had a really good year. I mean, like Dan and I remember that year because that was. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, three of us were there. That's when Ichiro nearly hit a, <laughs> or Eric Chavez or Ichiro nearly hit a few dingers at Dan's chest. Yeah, if only if only they took well, me. Was in. I there with you too? I I, I was at one of those games. I think when uh, I think Chavez. Was- I think you were there with us. Yeah. I mean, the one that was sitting next to my dad and my dad didn't want to body that girl to get the, like, it was a small child. He didn't want to, he's like, I'm not going to body a child. I'm like, you have to get the ball. He's like, I'm not. God, if only. If only. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that season was, yeah, uh, I, I just remember being at the game where Jeter went down. It looked like he got shot on the field. So that was, that was the ALCS or ALDS game. Yeah. Against the Tigers. Right. And that, that was, yeah, against the Tigers. So. that was bad. Yeah. Okay. That, that was like the last like prime CC year. Um, that was the other bad Athon Nova season. Oh, Andy Pettit came back in the middle of the year. That was random. Um, Hiroki Kurodos are ace essentially. Well, the co ace, and then that was the year that uh Mo went down too. Yeah, so it's double uh, yeah, double, double, yeah. That was just like okay, this is the beginning of the end for the core four. Yeah, that, that's a pretty bad season. All right, Dan, you're next. All right, um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take 2004. Oh, you! I barely remember it. It's a terrible <laughs> idea because this is a, a hundred win team, right? God. This is a team that won a hundred games for. I think it's his, the third time in a row, three seasons in a row of hundred wins. Yeah, one hundred one. However, Stephen A. Oh God. We have the Jeter dive into the stands. Of course. And we have. The moment immortalized in all of Red Sox fans' hearts forever. The moment immortalized in the Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore movie, Fever Pitch. <laughs> One of your favorite. In real time with Major League Playoffs. We have the Yankees blowing a 3 to nothing lead in the ALCS, which led to the Red Sox breaking the curse of the Bambino. Now, the reason I'm picking this is because, A, I was at Game 7, and it sucked leaving the game early because you knew it was over. Damon hit a grand slam, and I was – like eight and it sucked um additionally you just can't have a team perform that well and just blow themselves to chunks that late in the game you're one game away from going to the world series avenging 2003 against the marlins and you just fuck it all up especially against the red sox leaving your team to go down in lore as one of the only teams to ever blow a three nothing lead in the playoffs in all sports so that's why I'm picking 2004. Great regular season team. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> they, had their, they had their moments of mediocrity and shit in the regular season. But once they got to the playoffs, just 
everything went to hell and they went down in history as a choker we were the first yeah i there's nothing good to say about that season you know who our starting second baseman was that season who miguel cairo oh i love he's a great hitting coach now right uh no bench coach sorry for oh. uh, for, for for tony la russe's chicago white Sox. god yes you heard that you, you heard that correctly he is now the bench coach for Tony La Russa's Chicago White Sox. I I, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I'm running out of teams to talk about here, to be honest. I, I have a couple more, but... All right. I, I Give me your honorable mentions here. Are we? Did we do three rounds or we did two? We did two. We only yeah. did two, but I mean, Matt kind of made it three because now we're at six. Well, yeah, technically. Uh, yeah. I'm just thinking, geez, these ERAs for that... 2004 team. Oh my god, Javi Vasquez had an ERA of 4.91. What the heck? <laughs> we were great. Holy hell, John Lieber was in that rotation. Listen, I'm not going to profess that I knew everything about this team. When did Oyuke was... come back? What was this? <laughs> I was in elementary school, but well, I, I remember that man. I used to go to games while Duke pitched. How <laughs> Duke came back? He, I remember Ruben Sierra, he was probably our best starter that year. He had a 3.3. ERA in 15 starts. What the hell happened? What was this team? Ew. Oh, this was, was a- the first this was the first like post uh Clemens and Pettit year too. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that was a time. Um I was gonna throw 07 in there, the last tour year. Yeah, that's fair. That's a big backbreaker. Uh there were good things about that season, of course. Um the Jabba rules. Uh, that was really cool. A Rod hit 54 homers, like one MVP easily, like all time performance from him. Uh, what else did we have that year? Uh, a couple of things. I think by what else happened that year? Yeah, it was like a decent season. You know, we had Jabba come up, Phil Hughes was part of the rotation. K got was first year in pinstripes, of course. Who can forget? Who can forget? So you were in the shit where, where a hit the walk-off grand slam right Orioles did you think it was weird that he wore like Kagawa wore sunglasses when he pitched or like were you just like whatever I don't think I noticed it back then but uh, looking at it now it's probably not uh not the best yeah he, he said because he I think he said because he was used to domes like in Japan being like dark inside so he was like I want to simulate that and it was like all right whatever works I guess it didn't work um and of course, Dan's favorite moment of all time in Yankee history: uh, the rocket has returned. Yeah, he's in George's box. God, <laughs> great all-time Yankee moment: Susan Waldman losing her mind. God bless Susan. What a time! Yeah, that season was great. Take that said: if Clemens had come back to the Sox instead and won a World Series with them in his last year, instead of faltering on that Yankee team, his career would have come full circle in a better way. So it, it would have, but it ruined, it ruined that moment for me a little bit. Yeah, it uh it didn't happen. That's not what happened. Uh That's instead he no Barry Bonds did not sign with the Rays. Oh God. That was a nice hypothetical too. Um yeah no that uh that team was bad. All right they were good. They obviously made the playoffs. It was just like the yeah. way they went out with the freaking uh what's it called like what were those but the midges oh, in Cleveland. God. Yeah. yeah job of baby 
Sorry, what'd you say? Uh, we got, yeah, we had, we didn't have the greatest of starts that season either. You're right. That was a really terrible year. Um, first, like, real Yankee season, I think I was invested in, but yeah, that was a, that was a bad time. Uh, any other things we can think of? This year. This year is going poorly so far because it's very boring. Yeah, we could throw this year in there. It's, it hasn't been great. Um, I want to put 05 in there too because that was the year that we got shellacked by the Angels in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, all those teams between 04, like 05 to 08 were yeah. not, they all yeah. went out early. I don't think they made, made it past ALDS. No, they didn't, right? Not one year did they go to the ALCS, and it was like four yeah, or five seasons. Jeez, yeah, we were really like, lost every ALDS like three one. Yeah, yeah, it were really bad. Yeah, that 06 one was terrible. They had remember how bad Arod was? Like Tory batted him seventh. The people made such a. I remember Joe Buck and Tim McCarver freaking out over that. They were like, they're batting Arod seventh. It's like, yeah, he hasn't hit. Like, what do you want them to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh five no. was bad. Uh, that was like the beginning of like the angels just being like this absolute thorn in our size throughout the mid aughts, which was awful. I hate the angels teams. They have Shohei and Trout, and just wasting both of them. Things are fun. Yeah, things are great over in Angel Land. God, all right. Anything else we got to cover? We uh, uh ladder match for <laughs> for custody of the GM spot. Ladder match for custody of Rizzo. Cashman, get in the ring. Cashman, get in the ring. Would you really want to trade for Anthony Rizzo? No. I don't no. think we have the pieces to do it either. Um, I think our best – I mean, we could we could end it on this. Like, real quick trade hit. Uh, I think Gallo is the best bet. Like, most realistic bet. Okay. That's a bold take from Dan. Uh, who do you think is the most attainable guy then, Matt? Um, a, lot of people, a lot of people are saying Gallo, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's been the – the consensus I keep seeing, um, the lefty bat plays the outfield, has like another year or two of team control. So, who else? Are pe- There's someone else, right? That people are like kind of mentioning, um, like outfield or just like in general, just in general. Mm, I mean, both Martes, but the the Diamondbacks right. took Cattell off the table. Um, who else is another one? Starling, of course, but the Marlins might extend them. Story, Baez. Uh, if the Nats weren't doing like okay, I would have said Schwarber, and if he wasn't hurt too. But uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think like who else is like a good trade target. There's like Hanager, I guess, too. Hanager's one I thought about. I saw Eaton got released. I heard uh, Cashman was going to go after him. Oh, God. He'd just be the. He'd be the outfield version of uh, of Rugnado Dorm, man. He's not hitting at all. Yeah, guys. <laughs> he truly does. I can fix him. We already lost out on the D Gordon sweepstakes, so this year is over. Where did he end up signing? Uh, the Pirates. <laughs> oh, God. He really just took any. They, no one wanted him. No, no one wanted him. No, no one wanted him. Absolutely nobody. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, so we got a couple of options, I guess. I don't know. I Gallo feels like the safest bet. Scherzer's value is all the way in the toilet ever since he gave a grand slam to a reliever, so let's kick those tires. Just a little bit. Kicking Schwarber as a we'll, – we'll nurse his hamstring back to health. Mm-hmm. I'll kiss it every morning. Oh, God, please don't. 
Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm telling you what to do. Knock that off. <laughs> How was that Nats game, man, that, that you went to? Oh, that game was good. Yeah, no, I went to D.C. a couple weeks back. Or not a couple weeks back. Like, literally a week ago. Um, I went to Nats Park. It's pretty cool. Um, right field's pretty good. Dodger fans travel extremely well. Like, I didn't realize, like, how well they travel. But uh, they, were there, they were out there in force. Uh, bullpen was a solid pregame time. The band, the Pop Rocks, shout out to the Pop Rocks, uh, played yeah. nothing but covers of 2000, like 2000s ish pop punk. Um, they were hilarious. Uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. Can't complain. DC, always fun. Nats Park looks kind of crappy from the outside, but on the inside is actually like a pretty solid ballpark. Yeah, it's not a nice, nice looking ballpark from the outside. No, it's not. When you get in there, like I like it a lot. Like the amenities are really cool and like the sidelines are really awesome too. First time I've been there since Dan and I went to go see Harper win the Derby. Yeah, yeah. when he cheated, but still. Yeah, it made for a great storyline. All right. That's all they had until they won the World Series the next year without him. But yeah. Yeah. They'll have that for flags fly forever. Not Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> all right on that note i think we're good right. see Bye. you guys next all right see you guys next time yeah see you guys later thank you and uh i can tell you it's a privilege to be back i'll be talking to y'all soon